Welcome to the Gateway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word today. For more information about our church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Now let's tune in to this week's message. Well, thanks for being here tonight. This is a really special weekend. Um, you'll, you'll definitely have to extend me a little bit of grace. I know this won't surprise Robert at all that I'll shed a little bit of, of tearage tonight. Um, it's just really, really special to have um, one of my favorite human beings on planet Earth uh, here. And anytime I get to be in the same room with him, it's always special. And um, even though we're, we're announcing something this weekend, uh, and I'll get to that, I really just want you to see uh, my hero and hear the wisdom from my hero. Um, because I, for whatever reason, have gotten to have uh, a pretty decent seat uh, in back rooms for my entire adult life, uh, watching a human being used by God in a way that, that I'm not sure God has used many of his peers, if any. And so I'm really excited for you to get to hear from him, but I want to share, I've actually been preparing you for this announcement since August, and you didn't even realize it, most likely, uh, but the last two series we've been in have been preparing you for something I felt the Lord speak four years ago when I was in a Holiday Inn in London, England. I, you've heard me refer to that moment in my life multiple times, many times over the last several months, because there the Lord gave me a word about my and our future. I didn't see it coming. Uh, with all my heart, I, I did not ask for it. Uh, if it was up to me, I wouldn't do it. Uh, but how many of you know, uh, and especially the way I was raised in ministry by Pastor Robert, uh, when, when God speaks, you hear and obey. And so the word that God gave me out of nowhere, uh, in the same way that years ago, when we were naming the church, I didn't know what the church was going to be named. I thought it was going to be Legacy. And at 12.34 in the morning, God woke me up and uh, told me to grab my Bible, go into the living room and go to Hosea chapter 2 and, and gave me the verse uh, that says, I'll turn the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. And he said, Preston, uh, the name of my church is to be Gateway. And so I shared with Pastor Robert and of course, he was supportive and, and we were excited. Well, in London... Uh, I felt the Lord do the exact same thing. He said, grab your Bible and go to Genesis 28. I want to show you something. And I said, Genesis 28, that's Robert's chapter. Uh, that, that's actually the, the chapter that God gave Pastor Robert when uh, he gave Pastor Robert the name Gateway Church uh, more than 22 years ago. And of course, the Lord corrected me and said, it's my chapter. Uh, <laughs> but I was like, you know what I mean, Lord. I mean, I know it's your chapter. They're all your chapters, you know. But that's the one you gave, Pastor Robert. And uh, he said, go back and read the whole chapter. And uh, this is where Jacob has his dream, and he wakes up from this dream, and he says, uh, how awesome is this place? It's none other than the gateway to heaven. And what made it awesome is he said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I didn't even know it. He said, how awesome, how incredible is this place? It's none other than the gateway 
of heaven. And that's the verse, verse 17, that God gave Pastor Robert and the Lord said to me in London in that Holiday Inn, read verse 18. The next morning, Jacob got up very, very early. He took the stone, he had rested against his head. The guy slept on a rock that night, I don't know why. He took the rock and he set it upright as a memorial pillar and then he poured olive oil over it. And as soon as I, w- I read the word pillar, I felt the Lord say, Preston, in the same way that I changed Jacob's name to Israel, I'm changing my church's name from gateway to pillar. And I know that that can, can come as a, a big announcement, because it is. I didn't see it coming. Uh, I immediately took it to our elders here four years ago. And I, I wanna, I'm, I'm going to let you in. I've already shot the leader's cut to kind of answer some questions. I've already been asked, and I know I'll be asked and will be asked. Here's what concerns me. Uh, the church, just my opinion, all too often transitions horribly. And it's all too often unhealthy. And I think that has set us up to where if someone like me makes an announcement then like this, then people jump to conclusions and say, what's wrong? I want you to know how offensive that is to me. Because I've seen things over the last two decades behind closed doors, none of you have gotten to see my hero do. I don't want to do this. I didn't ask the Lord for this. But I know the Lord told me this is what I was to do. And so we're going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to bring out my hero on the stage and... We're going to talk about this a little bit, but really not that much, because I actually just want you to see why I'm so in love with him and how amazing he is. And I'm going to do what I love to do with him, draw out a bunch of the wisdom that God's given him so that you can get in on it. Uh, But I just want you to see this. This is my family. And the way I I described it to Pastor Robert is we both have two boys and, and one daughter. And I said, you know, you've called me your spiritual son uh, since I was 21, 22. And it wasn't until a couple of years ago where I felt like the Lord said, Preston, spiritually, you're more like a daughter than a son. And when I told him that, he made this face. He's like, <laughs> and I said, let me explain. I feel like one of the calls of my life is to be like a womb for your DNA and God's heart. And I said, the thing about our daughters compared to our sons, our sons carry our seed and our name, but our daughters carry our DNA even after their names change. And here's what I would say to you, just to, to, if, if there's any part of you that's looking for smoke as though something went down, I just want to ask you a question. When was the last time you went to a wedding and went up to the young woman and said, what's wrong with your parents' marriage? Is that why you're changing your name? When the Lord gave that to me, it gave me such peace. Because the body of Christ is filled with conspiracy theorists and unhealthy people. I want you to see how a healthy transition goes down in a healthy family. 
So I want you to welcome, legitimately, one of my favorite human beings on planet Earth, my hero, Pastor Robert Preston Morris. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we're just going to sit and we're going to have a little bit of fun together. We, we've never done this before, and he's so gracious to do this uh, with me and for us. And so I'm just going to ask some questions. So I'll, I'll kind of just make it easy for you. The first question What's your response to that news? Well, uh, so as Pastor Preston was sharing with you, um, about the name change he shared with me a long time ago. And so it wasn't a shock to me. And my response at that time is what I want to share with you. I said to him, I think this is a God thing. And I want you to know that. I want you to hear that from me, uh, that Gateway Church, Scottsdale, becomes Pillar Church. And what I'm excited about is that God spoke to him just like God spoke to me. And the thing that the Lord gave me when I prayed about it was that a name change in the Bible is the beginning of purpose. That's, that's the definition to God or my definition of what I believe I see in Scripture. Um, you know, when you think about it, as he said, God changed Jacob's name to Israel to begin his purpose. He changed Abram's name, who was fatherless, to, or not fatherless, but childless, to Abraham to become the father of many nations. He changed Sarai, his wife, to Sarah. Um, even in the New Testament, Saul, which we know as Paul, he changed Simon's name to Peter, which means pillar, you know, which is amazing to me. So I, I just want you to know that when I prayed about it, I felt like God said to me, that in the very same way he gave Gateway a purpose, he has been building a foundation in Scottsdale for 10 years now. And this name change is the beginning of you stepping in fully to God's purpose for you. Doesn't mean that you haven't been doing God's purpose for the last 10 years. It just means that God's about to accelerate it. And I would say to all of you, just hold on and don't be afraid to be a big church. Um, we're, we're a large church. I know that, but I, I tell our church all the time, we're not a large church. We're a small town. I don't know if you've ever <laughs> been in a small town, but you know, I didn't grow up in Dallas. And so, um, and my dad grew up in a smaller town even than I did. And he told me, he said the way that People, people would come in town and they would say, um, you know, where is, you know, 404 Walnut Street? And here's what my dad would say, who are you looking for? And they would say, I'm looking for Jim Brown. And they'd say, oh, Jim's house, go two streets down, turn right, and he's the third house on the left. That was, it was everyone knew everybody in a small town. So I just don't want you to think that if God grow as God grows you, that you're going to lose the closeness that you have at all. But I do want you to know that there is absolutely nothing in our relationship that has changed. As Preston said, many, many times, unfortunately, in the body of Christ, 
an announcement is made, and yet there's something behind the scenes that's not said, and so we wonder about it. And uh, there's nothing like that that's happened. He's telling you the exact truth. God spoke to him in that hotel room. Uh, he came to the leaders here. He came to the leaders at Gateway. He came to me, and I fully, 100% bless this name change and believe that this is of God. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about us because there are just so many memories over the last 22 years. Uh, you hired me after God had spoken to me. So I was 18 when I came out here for the first time and the Lord said, you're going to give the greater part of your life to serving me and these people in this valley. Um, and, and so that was at 18. You hired me at 21. So one of the questions on some of these people's minds is this, why on earth did you even hire this kid? Why, why did you hire me? I, I still don't even understand why you did, to be very honest. Well, and uh, we were talking about it today. Uh, we started the church April 23rd of 2000, and I called uh, Preston in May. And he was graduating at the end of the month. And it all already, I, I, what I heard was he's already been offered to be the youth pastor at a, a larger church. And we had, we started the church on April 23rd. So on April 23rd of our launch, 2000, we had 180 people. I preached so well that the next week we had 69. It was wonderful. And so when I called Preston, we couldn't have been more than 80 people. Yeah. And I only offered him part-time. That was all I had was a part-time. And uh, But the reason I did is because I have a gift from the Lord. I'm not saying I always use it correctly, but... I know it's from the Lord, and that is I can see potential. Somehow, like a coach can see a young person coming out of high school or college, and he's at that next level, and he recruits that person, or she recruits that young lady. God creates people who can see potential, and I can see spiritual potential in people. And so um, that's why I, I called him, offered him the job, a whole lot less money than he'd been offered, Lots of a startup church, and for uh, uh, only because God spoke to him, uh, he came, and I'm very, 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 very glad, glad you did. So I tell stories about uh, the first couple of years, what a wreck I was, and some of the foolish things that I did, some of the foolish things I've said to you. Uh, an even better question is, why didn't you fire me <laughs> in those early years? I mean, I flipped one of your elders out of a boat. That's true. That's true. <laughs> we went on a, um, a, a, a retreat. It was staff and elders. Um, and so Preston's own staff. And for some reason, you have to, gosh, I don't know whether to say this or not. But <laughs> since we're church, you know what I'm going to say. So it's for some reason, the younger guys, the younger families, Preston and Holly and, you know, his husbands and wives, we did this float down this river in a raft, and the younger couples got in a boat, and the older couples got in a boat. boat. And so it was, it was referred to as the young toots and the old farts. I'm sorry <laughs> that I would say that in church. But one of the elders that was uh, a little older than I am uh, splashed. Preston with his paddle and Preston splashed him back and you know Preston never backs down from a fight 
and they literally began grabbing each other and trying to throw them in the water. But Preston obviously was much stronger and an athlete in school, and he literally pulled not only an elder in the church, but the biggest giver in our church. <laughs> Facts. Into the river. So That's true. Um, but the reason I'd never fired you, other than that, you never did anything fireable. <laughs> but that was, uh, but again, uh, yes, he was young, uh, but here was the great thing. He was teachable. And he loved Jesus. And now, 22 years later, uh, he's still teachable and he still loves Jesus. What's, what's, we, we have lots of, of memories together. What, what's one of your favorite memories? Uh, one of my favorite memories was that there was, uh, I, would, I, want, I was giving Preston times to preach in the pulpit to help develop him. And um, he was listening at that time to several pastors to learn. And I thought that that's great. I, I'm not, I don't want you to be a, a, a Robert Morris 2.0, you know. And, uh, but he hooked on to this one guy who's a great guy and he's a good friend of mine. And, uh, he's a great guy, great church too, but he really kind of picked up his style. And so when he preached one weekend for us, it sounded to me like this other pastor. I mean, it sounded like him. It looked like him. He had picked up his mannerisms and his style and all this. And so we went to lunch and I told him that I said, I didn't feel like I, uh, heard you this weekend. I feel like I heard him and I named who it was, you know, and, and I said, I don't mind you listening to him cause I want you to learn from everybody, uh, you know, that's preaching the Bible, but, but, but it bothers me that, um, I heard him and he said, and you wanted to hear more of you. And I said, no, <laughs> I said, I wanted to hear more of you. I want to hear who God made Preston Morrison to be. I want to hear you because he doesn't need another, and I named him, and he doesn't need another Robert Morris. He made you to be you. And I, I love for you to learn from all of us, but at some point I want to hear you. And obviously more and more and more I begin to hear him. And as I did, then you see this wonderful jar that God made that he can, you know, fill up and pour out and fill up and pour out. And I just would like to encourage you with that. Um, you can learn from a lot of people, but please don't look at your humanity and put yourself down because God made you to uniquely reach people that neither Preston or I will ever reach. You're going to reach school teachers. If you're in the education business, you're going to reach construction workers. You're going to reach medical professionals. You're going to reach engineers. You're going to reach people that we will never reach. And God wants you to be you. And so that was uh, one of those uh, times when you were growing. But what was great was when I shared it with you again, you're very, very teachable. What's great about you, you're such a man of grace. You forget most of my, my horrible moments. I, got, we, we, I remember a while back, years ago, we were playing golf one time, and I said, do you, do you remember that time I said this to you? And you, he looked at me dead straight, and he was, I don't even remember you ever saying that. And you almost looked at me like, I can't even imagine you would say that. And I thought, wow, this is not, not normal, because I had actually said to him, he hired someone to be my boss, and I, I was 22 and uh, he said, I'm bringing somebody in to be your overseer. You're not going to answer directly to me. 
And I said, well, now remember, the church was not even 100 people, and, and the youth ministry was like 10 people, yeah. maybe not even. Maybe, that wasn't only a good night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that, all the elders' kids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was. And uh, I, I said, well, I sure hope this is one of the three best youth pastors in America because I can't see myself learning from anyone but them. And he totally forgot I ever said, like, if I said that to you, wouldn't you remember an idiot talking like that? He totally forgot. Years later, he, he I don't even remember you saying that. And I thought, this is a safe place right here. <laughs> this is- well, and what I love about Preston is um, even though he was young and some of his confidence was misplaced. Um, <laughs> Look at him now. He is so confident in God and God's anointing that 10 years into the church, when God says, I want you to change the name uh, from, a, from a church that has a name that's known you know, widely. Yeah. And, and yet he, he's ready to do whatever God tells him to do. You, you have a pastor that when God speaks, he obeys. And his confidence that was misplaced as a young man is now placed perfectly in his Lord and Savior. You, you've had a, a seat in the body of Christ. Uh, I know some people probably think that I'm biased, and maybe I am a little bit, but uh, I, I've just gotten to see you be you all of these years and, and see God bless it time and time again, whether it was the first couple months when we were sitting around one, one desk you know, there were four of us sitting, seated around one conference table. That was the church office. And I remember you saying one day, we're going to sow $25,000 into a Messianic Jewish congregation to build their first building. And I'm, I'm a 22-year-old sitting there. That's more than I made in a year in salary back then. And I remember thinking, this is the craziest human I've ever met in my life. This is like a month's giving. <laughs> this is more than I make in a year. And, and that probably for me was one of the first times I started to realize you were different than anybody else, in my opinion, in the body. You, it, I've told you this before. Uh, I'm, I, as I get older, I'm getting more comfortable telling more and more stories about you because I get asked fairly frequently, why has God blessed gateway the way that he has? Why has God blessed Pastor Robert the way that he has? And it, it's the moments I've gotten to watch you do things that a lot of people have not been willing to do. So when you think about the last 22 years in the seat you've been in, what's the biggest thing you've learned as the senior pastor of Gateway Church, a, a worldwide influential uh, responsibility from the God of the universe? Uh, well, I think the uh, biggest thing I've learned, um, just to, if I'll, I'll say it in one manner, and that uh, maybe you'll pick up on it, maybe you won't, but I'll explain it. And that is to just simply hold the stick up when God says hold the stick up. And what I mean by that is, when you go back to the miracle of the Red Sea parting, the only part that Moses had in that was to hold the stick up. We called it a rod, but it, we know it was a stick. And all he did was pull the stick up. But God was the one that parted the Red Sea. And so in my life, 
um, I feel like personally, uh, you know, when you said over 22 years, and I, I was backstage thinking, actually, September 16th, we started April 23rd, 2000, but September 16th, 1999, is when God took me to that passage and spoke to me to plant Gateway Church. So it's been just a hair over 23 years since God spoke. Um, but um, I feel like that he j basically just told me to get on a, a train. And I just got on, you know, just started a church. And there for the past, you know, almost 23 years now, it's like I'm this train has taken off and gone so fast and gone to so many nations and done so and, and been able to speak to so many people. I feel like the guy if in, a, in a cartoon hanging on the back of the train that looks like a flag, you know, and people think I'm the, the engineer or the conductor. And all I did was get on the train. That's it. And so I, I, my encouragement to you is simply hold the stick up. Just, just pick up the stick. Uh, God's the one that can turn it into a snake and back into a stick. God's the one that can take that stick and turn, you know, the uh, water into blood. God's the one that can uh, part the Red Sea with that stick. So uh, the biggest thing I've learned is just to obey when God speaks. And that is why I'm so excited about what you, you, the name of the church changing, because it's the beginning of purpose. God spoke, and Preston is a wonderful spiritual son, although he is now a spiritual father in the body of Christ as well. And I'm more of a grandfather in the body of Christ um, he has always, when God speaks, he moves. He checks it out. He makes sure that, you know, uh, the elders are in agreement. He makes sure his spiritual father is in agreement. He makes sure his friends, those that he counts on are in agreement. Obviously, Holly. Um, and, of course, you can't, you can't talk about this church without talking about Holly because she's much, much more spiritual than you are. Uh, but... Um, <laughs> That she's in agreement. She, you know, what, what do you feel about this, honey? How do you feel? I do the same thing with Debbie. How do you feel? I'm, I'm here. I'm feeling this. I'm hearing this. But the, the bottom line is that um, that's the biggest thing I've learned, and that's why I'm still so proud of you. Is that when God speaks, you just move. You just move. Make sure it's God. Make sure you get good counsel. Make sure it lines up with Scripture. Make sure those that God's put in your life as, as spiritual mentors, that they agree with it. But if it's God, then step out and do it. Well, you and I both know why I do it. It's because you raised me that way. Uh, it, it, when he talks about you know, being at the back of the train, I, I hope you, especially if you're a young leader, I hope you picked up on what he just said and the picture he painted uh, about being holding on to the back of the train and and everyone assuming he's the engineer, the conductor at the front of the train. Uh, this, this, is, uh, this is how he's always been to me and to, to everyone. But I, I feel like behind the scenes, his family and his friends, those closest to him, the staff there have gotten to see that's, that's who he is. And he's always been that way. It's almost like there are times I feel like you're more the guy from East Texas than the worldwide man of God. And it, it, I remember back, uh, remember when it was the first Easter, we hit uh, 20,000. 
And that was back when that was a huge. And it wasn't our first Easter, but the first Easter no, no, we no. did it. Yeah, I just want to clarify. The first, because that first Easter, Easter yeah. we did it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, we were running about 12,000 usually uh, on a typical weekend, and we hit 20,000, which back then it was a major mile marker. And we went to lunch a couple days after Easter. And he said, you know what I woke up thinking about on Monday morning? And I said, what? He said, I said to the Lord, we usually have 12,000 people, and we had 20,000 this Easter what do I need to do to keep these 8,000 people, this new group of people? And this is my paraphrase. He used better English than I do. Uh, He said, you know what I felt like the Lord said in response? Why don't you let the one they came for figure out what to do with them? There have been so many moments. I mean, who, who at his level, quote unquote, Talks like that to the youngest kid. And I've always been the young, like one of the youngest ones in the room. No, no one talks like that to the young nobody in the room, you know, so to speak. And yet this, it was just real. And it's always been real. And that's one of the things I tell people that it's why God's blessed it. Because you're even better back there than you are out here. You're better in the deer blind sitting next to me. Then we, when we used to sit on the stage, you know, and I would do oversight. Um, and I'm grateful that this church was started because of you. You're, you're the one. I mean, this never would have happened if you wouldn't have had the guts uh, to stand with me. Because I, I remember telling you, you know, the biggest church in America had come out here and done two campuses one folded up in six weeks, and the other one folded up in three years. And it, it intimidated me so badly to come out here. And you never wavered. You, you were always just set on helping plant this and starting this. So I just want to know, what, what's your why? That this is, the last 10 years are because you had the guts to believe in me and stand with me and us. And I know it's not just me, and, and you know I'm, I don't mean that. But why? Why did you plant this church? Well, it, it goes back to, um, one, that God spoke it. I knew God had spoken it. I knew when you came that I was um, being entrusted with um, a young leader, you know, you, you keep saying the youngest in the room and you were, but you're not anymore. You're pretty old now. Uh, <laughs> you love, you love, I that. love that. I love, yeah, I, know you do. I love that you're in your forties. It's just a wonderful, I have a son that's 40 now and I love, you know, kidding him too about how it, you know, do you, I don't know if you need a cane Josh or not, but when we leave, but I'll get you one. Um, if that's all we need though, what, what, what do you need? Yeah. Well, you actually get more strength than <laughs> Caleb. As, Caleb, can, Caleb, those of you who are my age can see you get more strength. Caleb, yeah, that's right. Um, but one was I knew God spoke it. But two was um, I knew, and of course I'm going to have to use correct grammar here. But I knew to whom He spoke it, and that was to you. I knew when you came, I, I was entrusted. I was entrusted by God with this leader, 
and it was even, if you're, you, you remember this, it was prophesied that you were going to be like an arrow that I would shoot out one day. Um, and you remember that. We were in Arkansas, you know, it was Dwayne Drain. Mm-hmm. And um, so I knew when God spoke it that it didn't matter if churches had come here and not made it. God spoke it, and I also knew, though, the man and the woman that I was sending here to do it, I knew that they would be faithful, and I knew that when it grew, they wouldn't take the credit, and they'd walk in humility. So I, I never had a doubt, and you talk about um, me being your hero, and I am humbled every time you say it, um, but you need to know that you're my hero, too. Yeah, right. Let's be real. Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I hope you all understand that legitimately none of this would have happened had he not taken the position in my life that God asked him to take and in our lives. Um, and... It, it's, a, it's a special, special thing to have him here. There, there are two questions I want to ask about the future. Uh, one, about the body of Christ. You have navigated many uh, moments and rooms, uh, heavy, heavy conversations uh, with various leaders around the world. Where do you see, what, what do you in your heart see happening in the church across the earth over the next 25 years of life? What, what, what's your gut? What do you see happening? Yeah, I, I can tell you, and it may shock you, it's going to get better and better and brighter and brighter and brighter. And I know that by the Spirit of God. Um, it's, it's getting darker in the world. It's like the ninth plague in Egypt. Darkness covered the land, but the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. And um, so don't, don't watch the news if you want to get encouraged. Um, uh, it's getting darker in the world, but uh, God's church is getting lighter and lighter. And I do get to meet with the leaders. Um, I, you know, I, I was just thinking about, you know, just some of the leaders that I've just talked to in the last few weeks, you know. Uh, even uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu, you know, and um, just just in the last few weeks, just some of the leaders in the world, um, and then also leaders in the body of Christ. But we all see it, and I, I want you to see it. It, it there was a time, uh, you know, uh, when you know I, I just had last last week we had Max Lucado, uh, who was raised Church of Christ, um, and. Um, read the book that I wrote, The God I Never Knew, and referred to it. And he tells people, you know, he's had an encounter with the Holy Spirit now. And, you know, he sold 140 million books, the greatest Christian author of our time. And a month ago, I had Dr. Tony Evans, who's a close friend, um, who was Dallas Theological Seminary. And um, I've spoken at the World Pentecostal Convention, and I've spoken at the 
the Southern Baptist Convention, you know. So uh, yeah, my, my thing has always been for the body of Christ to come together. I mean, you know, uh, if, you, if you haven't noticed, the atheists have come together and the agnostics have come together and the liberals, and I'm not trying to at all speak politics here. I'm just talking about the people who are trying to tell us that we were not, we weren't founded on Christian principles, and yet we were. We were founded believing that everyone was endowed with certain inalienable rights by their creator. They didn't evolve with rights. They were endowed by their creator. And so um, it, it is getting darker in the world. I'll, I'll, I'll admit to that, and I, I see that. But the, the body of Christ has come together more uh, in the last 20 years than I have ever seen the body of Christ. And I've sat in rooms with leaders of different denominations and of different theological backgrounds and some that believe the Holy Spirit is not a person but a force and some that believe that, um, um, you know, his, his uh, gifts have ceased and some that believe, um, you know, that go a little too far the other way. Um, but I've sat in rooms with these leaders of the body of Christ, and we've gotten stronger. Our relationships have gotten stronger. Our love for each other has gotten stronger. And what we've decided, and I can tell you this from a group uh, that's uh, you would know every person if I named their name, but we've been meeting for a while and praying for the church and uh, I would I just tell you one is Franklin Graham, uh, Dr. Billy Graham's son is on, is in this group, but people like that, and we agreed, we made an agreement that we were going to find what we agreed on and stop worrying about what we disagreed on, and uh, we are um, so I'm telling you in the next 25 years the church is going to get bigger, better, stronger, brighter than it's ever gotten, and Jesus is going to come back for a spotless, beautiful, wonderful bride, and there is going to be a worldwide harvest before he comes back. I believe that with all my heart. Love it. Well, the last question is just, I know how much you love our church here, and and this is family, and I'm so grateful that you came this weekend to do this with us. But I know since this is your one chance to be with them, is there anything you want to share to them uh, before we wrap up? Um, yeah, I, I want, I'm going to turn kind of like this and just like I'm uh, in your living room. Uh, I would do this. I would look, I'd lean in like this so that you'd kind of lean in like, okay, he's going to say something important right now. Um, I really feel like what I'm going to share with you personally, not all of you, but you personally, is from the Lord. And that is that this weekend represents something for you too. Not just for the church here, but it represents something for you. And that is that the Bible says that when we accept Christ, he gives all of us a new name. And I could take you through the scripture and maybe I'll come back and preach on that. By the way, when we talk about a name change, there's there's again, there's nothing changing in our yeah. relationship. And I'm still coming back, whether he wants me to or not. I'll pull rank. You know, so, um, you know, we're, we're, it, nothing, not one thing will change in our, in our relationship. It's not that 
Okay, so please don't let the enemy tell you anything. And you're hearing it straight from him. You're hearing it straight from me. Um, but um, if I had time, I could take you through the scripture and show you how God, every time he wants to use a man or a woman, he changes. Not every time, I should say, but many, many times we see he changes the name. But we do see that every person who accepts Christ gets a new name. That he has a white stone for you, Revelation says, and on it is written a name that only he knows. He has, and, and when we talk about what a new name is, remember it's a purpose. It's your purpose. And so maybe you got saved 30 years ago. What I'd like to ask you is, are you doing your purpose? Because it's probably different than my purpose. My purpose is maybe more simple than you think. It's not even to be a leader in the body of Christ, although that's part of what God's called me to do. My purpose, and it's so wonderful, because if I get off my purpose, I get scared. I get scared of all these big meetings I have to go to and, and when they ask me to say something. But my purpose is to teach people the Bible. That's, that's the only purpose I have. And so I do it every week according to, you know, to millions of people, you know, in, in every country of the world on television. But my purpose is just to teach people the Bible. What's your purpose? And I, I would like for you just to, uh, at the end of this service, uh, that even though we got to talk and Preston made an important announcement to you, I'd like for you to have a time where you've heard me say many times, you've probably heard Preston say, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you through this time? And I'd like for you just to take this week, maybe in your quiet time, and maybe you've never even asked the Lord what your purpose is. And maybe you kind of know, but maybe you don't really. Maybe you, it's wonderful to hear from the Lord, what's my new name? Because the Lord actually told me my name that's on that rock, I believe. I, that's my, you know, that's, that's my interpretation of what he said to me. But, um, and I've never told anyone, by the way, except Debbie. So she's the only one that knows that. Um, but it has something to do with my purpose. I know what my purpose is. And every time I get off base, and I still get off base, it's because I start doing things outside of my purpose. But when I focus on my purpose, even though God can do many other things, I can do other things, it's okay as long as I keep my purpose as my core. So what I'd, I'd like to say to you is I believe God wants to take our time of talking and this announcement that's been made and minister to you personally. What is your purpose? If you've never heard from God what your purpose is, would you take this week and ask him? And if you have heard what your purpose is, would you ask him, am I still doing the purpose that you have for me? Here's the scripture God gave me for you. David served the purpose of God for his generation and then slept with his fathers, which means he passed away. I want to serve the purpose of God for my generation. And then I'll go to be with the Lord in heaven. In that helicopter a few years ago when I almost died, I, I was ready to go to heaven. I was excited about going to heaven. Not excited about leaving my family, but I actually wasn't worried about it because I knew God would take care of them. And I knew I'd see them just like that, actually, because there's no time in heaven. It's eternal. So I just knew those things. But I was excited about going to heaven.
But I remember saying to the Lord, but Lord, I just, I just don't think you're finished with me yet. And he said two words, and I knew I wasn't going to die, even though I'd lost over 50% of my blood. And I didn't know that at the time, obviously, but that's what they told me later. But um, when I said, I just didn't think you were finished with me yet, he said, I'm not. And I knew in that moment I wasn't going to die. So I came to tell you, here's my sermon for this weekend. What's your purpose? And if, you're, if you can still fog a mirror... then you haven't finished your purpose yet. And I want you to be focused because you will be the happiest that you will ever be in this life. I am the happiest. I am the happiest when I'm either preparing the message or speaking the message. That's when I'm the happiest in the world because I'm going to get up and take a book that's complicated to many people and just teach the Bible to them. And they're going to walk out knowing something about God and his character that they didn't know before. And that makes me happy. So there's something God's called you to do that I can't do. Preston can't do it. We can't do it. But you can do it. So would you just close your eyes for a minute? (laughs) And I just want to pray for you and then turn it back to Preston. Um, Would you just ask the Holy Spirit... What are you saying to me through this time? Would you just ask him? Because it really doesn't matter. Maybe we said something that really resonated with you, and maybe we didn't. But the Holy Spirit will. Every time you come to church, he will. Every time you meet with him alone in that closet or that office, or maybe it's in your car for you or beside a lake somewhere. I don't know. But every time you meet with him, he's got something to say. So... Today, at church, he has something to say to you. So would you just ask him, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And would you ask him to make clear to you why you were born? What does he have for you to do that no one else can do it exactly like you can do it? What's your purpose? So, Lord, I just pray for my brothers and sisters right now. Each person in this room and listening to us online is so important to you. Some of them might not even know that you changed Joshua's name, that that wasn't even his name. His name was Hoshea, which meant salvation. And Moses changed his name to Jehoshua, which means Jehovah is salvation. And his purpose was to show Jehovah's salvation to Jehovah's people. So, Lord, would you just speak to each of my brothers and sisters what their purpose is? And how they can continue to fulfill that purpose. And I also feel like saying that in the same way you did put me in a place of authority. 
at Gateway Church and in the body of Christ and here at this church. I want to use that authority for good. And with that authority, I bless this church. I bless Pillar Church. I bless each brother and sister that's here today. In the mighty, matchless name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Gateway Church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Have a great week.